Before we get started with this episode, I want to give a shout out to the upcoming Texas Woodworking Festival. It's going to be held on April 18th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Austin, Texas. This is the third year of the festival, and it just keeps getting bigger and better all the time. They're going to have a number of exhibitors and vendors. Basically, it's a mix of a beer festival with a, a woodworking farmer's market. Um, some of the vendors are having are Heartwood Tools, uh, Felder, Lee Nielsen, Panto Router, Texas Heritage, and of course Dow Tools, which is the premier antique uh, and vintage uh, supplier of tools in the Southwest. So um, if you're anywhere near Austin, Texas, anywhere near Texas for that matter, please, please make it a point to attend. Again, it's going to be on April 18th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Tickets are now on sale, and you can find those at texaswoodworkingfestival.com. Again, that's texaswoodworkingfestival.com. Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association, a podcast about woodworking from folk who woodwork. Woodworking is what we do, who we are, and what we like to talk about. So join us as we have a drink, sit around, and talk woodworking. Hi, and welcome to the 285th episode of the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. I'm Kyle Barton of K. Barton Tools, and I'm here with my co-host Sean Wisniewski of The Corner Workshop. Tonight, we're visiting with Aspen Golan, artist, woodworker, and newfound star in the world of craft and art. So welcome to the show, Aspen. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that introduction, but it's very sweet. <laughs> well, We'd like hey. to put you on a high pedestal in the beginning, just to make sure cool. you know cool. you're there. Exactly. Nice. We'll get to the hard questions. Like yeah. <laughs> but before we visit with you, um, let's talk a little bit about things that have piqued our interest. So um, I'll start first off. Uh, the Wood Talk podcast is back. Yeah, have you had a chance to listen to it yet? I've not the the rekindled. I probably should subscribe to it, but because uh, because I stopped when they when they dropped Matt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Frank, that, frankly, well, I'm they not another Matt in. So I know I it's know a Matt for Matt. It, it was a Matt for Matt. Let's see. Let me think. I've shared a hotel room with Vanderlist. I've not shared one with Cremona. So there's there's. Not that intimate of a of a, a connection, <laughs> but no, no, um, no. I really do. I I um, I don't know why. I but I, I hadn't listened to them in a while, and then when they they took a break, I was like, oh crap. Um, and I haven't had a chance. Have you? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to the first couple of episodes. I think they just dropped one today. I haven't had a chance to listen to that, but uh, yeah, it's not bad. They're being sponsored by Rockler uh, oh, cool. now, and uh, so they have a. Um, I don't know. Um, like I said, I've only they've only done two shows. The second one was kind of interesting is where they discussed between all three of them about building a table. Someone wrote in about building a table. So they went through all the process, each one of them. So it's kind of uh, it's kind of a little bit different format than they uh, than they had before. However, the first episode was very similar to their previous format. So, you know, I don't know. It may be just one of those things where it's more topic driven. It's at least that's what it sounded like to me that that's where they're the direction they're going to. But, uh, yeah, but they got like a professional website and everything now with little character characters. I did see that their, their new avatars. Yeah. They even got skinny Shannon. I mean, that's great. 
Hey, let let's leave a little little time for Mr. Shannon there. That is uh super impressive. If 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 you've known him, he, I think he said something the other day that like he's lost 110 pounds. Yeah. Getting back into biking form because apparently he used to bike a lot and when his time in Colorado. That's uh yeah truly and, impressive. And then he just went and entered his first mini triathlon. And not only won his age group, but won the entire the thing. The whole damn thing. Yeah. yeah. What? Which is very yeah. impressive. Yeah. In, wow. in, in, in all fairness, it's a weird kind of triathlon. It's yeah. it's indoor because, you know, in the north, uh, northeast, you know, mm-hmm. like you can't swim a lot. Um, so right. it yeah. I think it was one similar to what's happening around me at the university. Um, it's not a distance. It's time. And so it's how far can you swim in a set amount of time? How far can you bike in an amount of time? How far can you run in an amount of time? So, but still impressive. I, I mean, thought you were going to say it was like, a, you know, hand planing action. Oh. <laughs> no, this was <laughs> legitimate. Triathlon. No. <laughs> before that, before that Peloton commercial that caused such waves, he legitimately got a Peloton because he said like, I, I bike and I can do this to get better. And, and, and he's doing it. He's yeah. at it. I, I think he did some competitive biking when he was in college. I believe so. Yeah. I, believe so. I, I remember hearing about that, but that was a time uh, when he was 110 pounds heavier. And so you kind of looked at him and went, hmm, really? But uh, impressive. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, I think he's got it. He's, yeah. he's a strong dude. Anyway. Yeah. And by the way, Aspen, Sean here runs marathons on a regular basis. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> not, I'm not, that sounds weird on a regular basis. Yeah, I'll, what is a regular basis for running a marathon? I, I have run four, and I haven't run one in two years. Um, but I will say currently I'm training a bunch. I'm averaging 180 miles a month. Damn. For the last two and a half months so far. Well, almost three months now. You know, yeah. I once watched a marathon. They're exciting, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a yeah. cool experience. But no, well. Really. Yeah, the well, Kennedy was great. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, Aspen, you and I can hang out together then and <laughs> watch the marathon. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, with the right lawn chair, it can be really great. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A couple of yeah. brews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, Sean, don't you drink beer after every marathon or running oh, event you do? Yeah. So it, if you if you follow me on social media at all, a lot of things that I'm tagged in are me drinking after running. Um, <laughs> this past Saturday, let me think. We started at 5:30 in the morning. We ran any distance over a half marathon. We figured you you deserve a beer, and so mm-hmm. I had a beer in my hand before 7:30 on Saturday morning a.m. Wow. Um, it's not a good habit. I wouldn't suggest it for anybody, but yes, <laughs> yes. Beer often accompanies the end of that length of, uh, exercise for Easy. good reason. It, yeah. it makes it, it, it's a good reward. There mm-hmm. you go. Definitely. Well, well, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll move along. <laughs> it steers right. back into woodworking. So, go. So the next thing that that uh, that came up that uh, interests me is a uh, uh, good friend of mine, uh, um, Chris Williams, finally has his book out. Uh, it's published by uh, Lost Art Press, and it's called Good Work, uh, The Chairmaking Life of John Brown. And um, for those of you all not familiar with Chris Williams, he's a Welsh uh, chairmaker, primarily makes uh, Welsh stick chairs. But... Um, 
he was, I think he worked real closely with John Brown for about 10 years and did a lot of work in John Brown's shop and produced a lot of chairs, both of them together. And so this book kind of goes through uh, working with him, his life, interviews with other folks that worked with him. And it does go into chair making, but it's not a plans type book. It goes into a lot of the, the theory and um, practice of the book. Uh, with that said, I hope to give y'all a review of this book. I did purchase it, um, but I have not had a chance. I just started it a couple of days ago. Life got in the way, so to speak. Right now, uh, you can buy it. And if you buy it, it hadn't actually come out in hard in a hardcover yet, but if you buy it now, you get the uh, PDF as well as the hardbound book when it uh, uh, ships. And I believe it's supposed to ship the 1st of March or That's sometime cool. in March. So uh, highly recommend it. Um, it. Right now it's $49 and uh, you can get a copy at Lost Art Press. And um, like I said, if you're into chair making at all, it's it's definitely worth picking up. So I'm I'm not deep into chair making, but I, I every time I hear it, I wonder the, I wonder, um, is there anything that is a Welsh chair that's not a Welsh stick chair? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to be derogatory yeah. in any way. Yeah. I legitimately don't know. I like and could I, they I, could I, they just call it a Welsh chair instead of a Welsh? Stick yes. Chair? Yes. Is it just the Welsh style was a stick backed chair or mm. I, I don't, I'm somebody somebody knows that. Mm -hmm. Definitely, I, I'm uh, I'm intrigued. I'll, but no, I, I look. I look forward to ask hearing Chris. Yeah, 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 cringing yeah. at our inability to answer that question. Right you now. may find the answer in the in the pages of that book. You may, you may, you may. And, and uh, you know, anyone that knows Chris is he's one of the nicest chair makers you could you could ever meet. He's also quite the character too. So, um, he, he's a great guy. And uh, uh, John Brown was similar. So. Um, Anyway, but like I said, pick that up if you have any interest really in woodworking, because a lot of the stuff, uh, John Brown's life is, is very interesting. And in fact, he contributed to uh, some of the uh, British woodworking magazines for decades. So um, it's definitely worth the work. I think Lost Art Press is trying to uh, get a lot of his articles um, that he did and publish those in the next uh, uh, year or so. Mm -hmm. So excellent. Yeah, it looks uh, beautiful. It's just a gorgeous book. Yes, yes. I can't wait to get the hard copy. So it'll go in with the rest of my Lost Art Press collection. I'm have to build me a bigger bookcase. Mm -hmm. No one's getting pulled up. <laughs> right. Yeah, but um, so what are and, what are move on? What are these uh, new tools from Harvey? Yeah, I, we've talked a little bit about Harvey before. Um, Harvey's a, a Japanese, uh, Japanese, a Chinese uh, manufacturer of um, woodworking tools for both the professionals and uh, hobbyists. In fact, now this is internet hearsay, but apparently they build a lot of the uh, machines that you're familiar with, like Laguna's machines and some others. So um, they've started introducing their line of machines into the U.S. I think they started with that weird, uh, but supposed to be very effective uh, dust extractor um, and very expensive <laughs> dust extractor. <laughs> but um, they just now started introducing some hobbyist level machines. They introduced a, a lathe that's gotten some really good reviews. Um, mm. And uh, they just introduced a, a bandsaw 
and uh, two table saws. And like I said, this is not their professional line. This is kind of their hobbyist line. I think they're introducing the professional line a little bit later this year. But um, I was looking at it, and these are very nicely equipped table saws for a good, good price. I mean, now, you know, it goes with the caveat if you want the saw stop type technology it doesn't have it but if you're looking at you know one of the competing uh table saws out there um i mean their 10 inch table saw starts at like 969 dollars and that's with uh, that's with um overhead uh, dust collection kind of like saw stop does and some of the other european manufacturers do and it's got an incredible fence on it i really want to see one of their fences in real life apparently it's got their fence is kind of like a Beesmeyer style, but it has aluminum face to it that you can have in either a high or low configuration. Mm, okay. and, and it looks really interesting. Um, and uh, like I said, they have uh, have a couple different saws. Um, they um, uh, they have another one, another table saw that's uh, I guess a little bit step up, but it's about fourteen hundred dollars, starting at fourteen hundred dollars. But uh, and then they have a bandsaw, a uh, 14-inch bandsaw that's at $1,400. And like I said, when I started doing some research into this bandsaw, that's when I heard that hey, this rolls off the same assembly line the Lagunas does. Now it doesn't have Lagunas specs to it as far as they do. They they have those special ceramic type uh, bearings and things. These just have your traditional bearings, but looks to be a nice saw too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sure. so if you're in the in the uh, market for that, it's definitely uh, definitely worth uh, giving them a, uh, a look. See, I think Woodcraft is carrying their uh, their line of machines. So, I was just going to ask: yeah. is there is there a shop or or somebody that's that has it yeah. so that people can actually get their hands on them? Yeah, as, yeah. as we know, you you can you're more yeah. likely to buy something if you can touch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I believe I believe Woodcraft Woodcraft is carrying uh, carrying their stuff. I just double checked on their website, so yeah, so that's definitely one. Now I don't know if they have these in. I think this was just announced a couple of weeks ago, so they might not have arrived over here. And who knows with the coronavirus scares, if uh, uh, it might be yeah. a couple of months before we. Get I just started. I just heard recently yeah. uh, somebody saying that supply, you know, people who have supply through. That's that section of the world are saying, yeah, double or triple our expected delivery times at this point mm-hmm. because we have wow. no guarantees. Yeah, that's so. Ex- yeah, expect anything shipped from overseas to take a little longer. That's right. That's right. And last, um, I think we've actually brought this up on the show before, but I just want to bring it up because I'm maybe interested in buying this thing. Uh huh. Is uh, Oneida's Supercell Dust Collector. I've kind of went into a deep dive on this thing, and uh, it's kind of really interesting once you start getting into it. Is um, because of some of the more economical requirements. It's kind of expensive to start out with, but as far as ducting and um, things of that nature, really, it could be a, 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 a machine where you have four inch ducting. And apparently it will pull through a hundred feet of four inch hose and duct work without losing any of the uh, suction or the volume of air going through there. So it's supposed to be really, really sweet. And uh, they just put up a, a video by a Lutherer 
that's installing it. And it's really not the video and goes into a lot of the uh, features of it. But apparently this thing has like, instead of one motor, it has like three fan motors and together they equal about a five wow. horsepower motor. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. And apparently, you know, it's, uh, the, uh, the uh, filters in there, it's a real compact setup too. Really compact. Uh, you know the actual footprint uh that this machine makes so and no you know, no part of it looks like it's outside of the diameter of a 55 gallon drum if right you can imagine right that. yeah cheap. and uh you know i i have my own cobbled together setup uh sean you've seen it mm -hmm. <laughs> it takes mm -hmm. up a lot of floor space because i do have a 55 <laughs> five gallon drum and then i have the super dust deputy above that connected to a one stage filter bag uh dust collector so it worked well but it definitely takes up a, a lot of a lot of space and this definitely would um i think this would serve my purposes so something i'm kind of looking at yeah. so i just wanted to bring that up um you know be real interested if anyone actually has some hands-on experience all the reviews i've looked at uh seem to say this thing's fantastic you know a lot of the stuff it comes with is it comes with the ability to use bags as well as it has one of those sentry uh systems with a light so it flashes when it's full oh right and mm -hmm. remote and remote start which yes i have mine, <laughs> yeah i have mine uh plugged into a alexa device so i can <laughs> with my phone turn it on there you go <laughs> yeah because it's only 110 i was like i, I saw that device uh, i don't know amazon was having a sale on them during christmas or something they're like five bucks normally 25 bucks so i bought it i bought a couple and i was looking at it and go what's the amperage on this and i looked at it and i went i think it's like 20 amps so i go well that'll work on my dust collector <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only bad thing is my phone will not unlock uh, based on my appearance with a dust mask on. So oh, I typed in a code. That, that's the only sucky part about it. But, hey, it works. And there's a reason. So I, just like the book, I look forward to your review when you get this uh, <laughs> dust collector. Yeah. I may uh -huh. have to sell a few more jigs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Make no doubt about it, customers. Yep. You're feeding his addiction. It's mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so uh with that let's uh move on to what's in the shop so sean what's in the shop nothing nothing i, I run oh. and the weather's crappy that's it that's all i do no, no rockets yeah i mean there's rockets okay <laughs> i won't lie uh yeah i actually i i finally got my motor casings for my rocket so i can actually start launching it once i get clearance to do that because you need waivers and stuff, but yeah. So that's forthcoming. Yeah, um, Aspen, for your edification, uh, <laughs> I think uh, Sean's kids got into rocketry, and yes. now they're probably onto other things. But Dad's still into rocketry. No, 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 no. So my 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 old my oldest son is in engineering, and he did get a like a high powered rocket tree certification, and that yeah. kind of sparked a thing. And so we've been working together on stuff, and so he's developing. Uh, a, a thing for class that will go into competition here in the coming months Very. and and i'm working on uh a much bigger version of the rockets i played with when i was kids so it's yeah, uh, yeah exactly it's fun it sounds great it's fun i actually just you remember the patriot missile 
you know, of the, of the uh, I guess, Gulf War fame. The Patriot yeah, missile yeah. was a big deal. Yeah. So I just uh, purchased a like 125th scale because <laughs> that's a very big missile <laughs> um, of that. And my hope is to build a little army of ascending sizes of those things because I've seen them like eight inches in diameter and 12 feet long. Like you can get you can make them that big. And and the, ultimately, it's still just a toy. But uh, the the challenge of doing that is a is kind of cool. I look forward to it. So you're gonna have these stations out outside your underground bunker? No, I mean maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say no. Uh, right okay. now, uh, that's not in the plans, but things could okay. change. Things. Yeah. Could... <laughs> Never know what you're gonna need. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyway, well, uh, for me in the shop, I'm just uh, fulfilling some orders. So I got some some out in the mail on Monday. So uh, that's good. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I talked a little bit about my uh, new drilling jig is um, for drilling leg holes and uh, stretcher. I mean, uh, spindle holes and stuff in a seat blank is I was able to uh, test that out and actually be able to ream with it using a power reamer. So mm-hmm. now I'm on the quest to get a six degree, uh, a six degree metal reamer for chair seats, kind of like the one um, Lee Valley makes. But of course, mm-hmm. theirs I think is at 12 degrees. And mm-hmm. I did contact Lee Valley, and I'm waiting to hear back from them. They didn't tell me no. <laughs> so, okay. So we'll we'll see. Apparently, I did find out, and uh, I was surprised that they they shared this with me, but. Yeah, they do outsource that. Uh, they do not make the, their their metal reamers in house. So okay, so uh, there's a supplier. So there's could. a supplier. So I, I told them, hey, if y'all can do it, if you can put me in touch with your supplier, I'd I'd uh, like to do that. So we'll see that. And then I also got some other um, um, logs in the fire, so to speak, um, with uh, a couple other sources, but we'll see if, see what comes out from them. So, yes. Yeah, so did, did I see, do you, you kind of tested it out with your, with you the Lee Valley it, one, the 12 degree one. Yeah. And I mean, okay. it was spot on. I mean, it was okay. like, okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, I think, you know, um, because I got a little gauge block that you can use to, to set the angles, but I actually put the, uh, angle, the digital angle meter on the shaft and um, I drilled a couple of holes, but let's say one of them, I, uh, it was at 15 degrees. And then after I reamed it with the power reamer and it just went straight down right through it, I checked it again and it was 15.05 degrees. I'll take it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, this is spot on. <laughs> I was just like, hmm, interesting. So that is exciting. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, now I just you- got to find some six degree reamers. I tried some, um, automotive reamers for, um, they use them for, um, uh, ball joints and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, you could get those in like seven degrees. Uh, so I went, well, let me order one, um, and, uh, see if it'll work. Um, because it had, you know, it probably had like um, you know, like the Lee Valley reamer just has like two cutting edges, two flutes. This, right. these had like eight or 10 flutes and they were all angled, you know, look like they'd make a nice shear cut. And, uh, I tried it out and there are too many, uh, cutting edges. It, it would just catch and jam. 
So and it's not, it's, I mean, cl- clearing metal chips yeah. as opposed to wood fiber. Exactly, exactly. Uh. Because I, I thought, hey, this is great. And I actually contacted a couple of companies that make them, and they were willing to do custom ones. And I was going, oh, this is going to be great. And then I tried it and went, no, it's not going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, darn it. Not quite the design. You know, yeah, so I mean, it's designed some... to cut metal, not wood. So the wood just kind of, you know, it's. It's too soft and just grab the teeth would just grab the wood and get jammed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, because there's not much for chip clearing really. It's not a screw that yeah. that it can, they can climb out of. It's just it'll mm-hmm. fall into it, and unless it's got some place to go. Yeah. So the the bigger thing, the bigger steps with maybe just two, maybe three, you know, cutting edges yeah. inside that would would be sufficient. Yeah, I know Sean Murphy has some that he gets that he sells. They're eleven degrees though, but they just have one cutting edge. Okay. But, is there a is there a sweet spot for the angle on that? Like why why six or or not? Three? It seems most chairmakers out there are using six degrees. I, I and I have no idea where that came from. If it's historical or if it's just something everyone agreed on years ago we're going with six but then there are some that use others like uh, like i said like sean murphy uses 11 and then i think when you start getting into musical instruments they use even uh some smaller degrees mm-hmm. and so i don't know aspen may have more info <laughs> on that than i do strength of the joinery honestly is what i yeah. always understood I, I would assume as much yeah, yeah like but i mean and i get like if it's if it's a seven, tuning yeah. peg on on a on a stringed instrument you know, yeah. maybe you need different strength as opposed to a chair back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah from what I, I heard, somebody said that once you get over 12 degrees, it's not very strong. But nope. but I don't know why we decided on six and not five or because it's because it's half of 12. You know, probably could hedging be hedging your bet a little bit. Math and go, is well, hard. Yeah. Yeah. If, <laughs> yes. yeah. If and it probably is somebody a long time ago said, oh my God, you know, 12 12 degrees that snaps automatically. If we just cut that in half, it'll be good. Yeah. But there's no, really no reason that you couldn't use seven. Right. You know, like. Yeah, probably not. But yeah, it, it's but I don't think I I don't think I can sit there and declare, hey, everybody, yeah. we're moving to seven degrees. Yeah. It's, <laughs> is, is it the is That's it the tails first? Is it the tails first argument of of chair makers as opposed to dovetailers like, you know, like <laughs> oh, I do it this way. Well, I do it this, do it way. this way. It could be. You got peanut could butter be. in my chocolate. Who the hell yeah. cares? You know, yep. yeah. maybe you wouldn't be reinventing it as much as you thought if you started producing something with seven degrees. Right. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know. But, I knocked yeah. one of my tenon cutters out of square and I've got a chair here that is five degrees all around. And I think it, it looks like it's pretty much holding together. It's hard to hey. say. I'll, to, I'll, say. I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> Check in about it. But yeah, I figured just to let it go. But I was going to keep that one a secret. But I guess now it's out. It's out. It's out. Yeah. It should be fine. It should be fine. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, well, speaking of out of square, um, I mentioned last time my steric combo was out of square, mm-hmm. my 12-inch combo square. So I did I did finally contact Steric and uh, exchange some emails, and they said, send it to us. So I sent it to them. So we'll, I'll keep you updated on what happens. But, you know, I said, hey, it's out of square by a 16th over the 12-inch rule, and uh, – Never been dropped, so hopefully they'll they'll fix it. Hmm. 
Yeah, there there are some little tabs in there that I've heard that you can file down, but it's like, you know, I don't really want to file down if I can get them to do it. I'm sure they've had more experience in doing that. So Yeah, were and were they open to your suggestion that their tool may not be precise? Like or did you Oh yeah, was yeah. There... Yeah. Okay. I mean, uh they emailed me back to check some things, you know, make sure there's nothing jammed in there and and uh whatnot. I said, No, it's perfectly fine, you know, clean and everything and uh they said send it in so oh huh that's surprising that is yeah. surprising in a nice way yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens um and then lastly i have on my list of what's in the shop a reading lamp even though i have not started or um even looked really hard at the plans of the one i want to build so but i'm going to leave it on there because i need to get a reading lamp <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's if I take it off a, my list, it'll, it'll never get done. There you go. It's more of a reminder. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. But I noticed, you know, the one I, I had in mind was uh, uh, Christian Bexport's uh, reading lamp. And I noticed, uh, I think this week or last week, he posted he was uh, sending one out that he built. So anyway. Right. So Aspen, what's in the shop for you? Whoa. This is an overwhelming week for me. Um, we've got, Penland's got a new CNC machine coming, um, which is pretty exciting. I don't know very oh, cool. much about it. Yeah, mostly a hand tool woodworker. So this is very much like my first encounter with the dark side. But um, <laughs> <laughs> they sent me to a shop bot training and I had actually, I had a great time seeing, I don't know, there's, there's definitely... Um, some artful ways of using that technology and I'm pretty excited to have it in here. So they mm -hmm. tore apart my beautiful machine room and moved a table saw and our thickness sander and a bunch of other tools in order to make some space for it. So there's a big empty spot. We're waiting. Um, How big a machine is it? It's a four foot by a four foot. That's uh -huh. at least what it can cut. So the actual machine is quite a bit bigger. Um, and, and, and I'm listening is it? carefully to your dust collection conversation because mm. I actually need to get um, some standalone dust collection for it. So, well, they did say that that uh, the supercell thing is really uh, good for CNCs. That's one great. Of the that mentioned in there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, so, so they're trying to sell something. Well, of course, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> they know what's popular right yeah. now. Come on. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you know, exactly, exactly. So maybe you know, you'll have to come back on and tell us how it works. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I know, and that's, that's the guys I've seen that have CNCs. Uh, one guy um, I follow, uh, Dean Creates, is his channel. He does, he does a, lot of, a lot of CNC. He's got, and he has a very large format. I want to say it's four by eight. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got some contraption with two suction hoses on either side of the cutting head of his CNC. And still, you know, depending on the application where your bit is projected so far, you still don't get great collection. Or maybe it's Frank Howarth that has it like that. I, I can't remember. I, I, I've seen a, a fair amount of people with their setups. And uh, dust collection, for sure, is a, is a major concern because that thing's spitting all over the place. Yeah. We have a really, we have an enormous dust collection system here because I, I can't actually say how many machines we have hooked up to it, but it's upwards of 25 and mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we need suction on all of them. But the thing about it is it's, it's so, so loud, you know, so we need something that can run, you know, all night along with the CNC because some of those files take 15 hours or more to cut. So right. it needs its own little system. And yeah, I mean, the amount of dust it produces is just massive. Yeah pretty incredible 
Hmm. So how was the shot bot training? It was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, um, it was cool. I mean, honestly, it it's so outside of my practice that um, I'd say that I was just mostly eating potato chips for most of the first day. <laughs> but um, I got pretty into it the the second day. Just when you start when you start really wrapping your head around um, certain processes that you just that aren't really that much fun for a woodworker, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. I run a shop. So for me, there's a lot of, you know, making inserts and um, face plates for things. And that's something where I'm just like, man, if I could have some files and just be able to run those at any given moment, that would be incredibly helpful. Um, push sticks, you know, there's all the kinds of stuff. And then, then you evolve into, oh my God, cute ways of storing all of our chisels in like charming, weird, you know, little contraptions. And then, mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. then you start being like, well, I could, you know, these textures that never really seemed possible with a hand tool. And then all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. it's like, well, let's write this file. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm sold. With technology comes the weird. You know, you can do do all that stuff. Totally. And with technology comes great responsibility not to just make (laughs) easy garbage all day long. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yes, of course. Because yeah, everyone's gonna everyone's gonna make a an yeah. artful popsicle stick the first time, right? And then it's like, yeah, yeah. but we can't just do this all the time. It doesn't work I know. that way. I know. Or they'll yeah. just like put their name into a piece of MDF just because you can, you know. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what we're here for. Yeah. So it it was a long time ago and I took some machining stuff in college and I learned I think it was it wasn't G code, it was a different not letter code. I want to say M code. Anyway, but like the whole idea, like back then it was, it was Cartesian coordinates, X to Y to Z, you know, and that's how it kind of drew it around. I mean, that's still in there, but now you're, you're translating it to more like fluid 3D design. Yeah. It was, it was really hard to make a circle back then, you know, you had to put some (laughs) math into it. Now you can do all these incredibly uh, complex shapes and, and combined curves and stuff but uh no it's 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 very cool i uh i hope it it serves you well i hope so too and i hope that it doesn't just completely replace all of the hand tool woodworking that we teach here i mean i think that's everybody's biggest fear right no i think i think you hit it like jigs and stuff where you know it's a repetitive it's a truly a repetitive process mm-hmm. i i kind of think of it like you know in the in the hi- historical times of of chair makers and even Kyle in your shop I saw you had patterns mm-hmm. on your wall mm-hmm. if those patterns become files and the next time you want to build that particular thing you just spit it out and you can get a piece of quarter inch material and that's your template now and you mm-hmm. didn't need to keep it safe for the last five years you didn't need it mm-hmm. like that there's a benefit to that there really is yep. it's true that's a nice yeah, yeah. argument for more creativity and actually. especially having that uh, file actually named about what it is instead of looking at a pattern going what did this go to? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you, you've got, I mean, yeah. lovely technology. You you, yeah. you put that in a folder with a picture of the thing that it made and you can reference it and you call it something that's recognizable and, and, and you know, then then you're not stuck in a rut that every time you make a chair that you that chair seat looks exactly that way. Mm-hmm. But you know that that's a base of reference, and you can take that model in there and go, ah, eh, you know what? Last time I thought I could I could suck those edges in a little bit or, or thin it out in this way, and and then you can tweak it and make it happen just all yeah. again. Of course, yeah. I did see a demo one time of a CNC saddling a Windsor seat, and I said that was hearsay. That yeah, yeah. I mean I get it. Drilling <laughs> like drilling to depth and scorping or whatever you know. Yeah. I yeah, write a passage maybe. 
<laughs> I also feel like I do so much of my creative thinking while I'm actually making the object. You know, it's mm-hmm, like I, mm-hmm. I need it to go slower. I remember somebody asking me why I like started making furniture. And honestly, it's like, I just, I tried other forms of art and I just only have a good idea once every three hours, you know, that's, <laughs> that's my good ideas come, you know? Okay. And so it's like, I need this time in between, you know, where I'm just executing my previous good idea while I'm waiting for another one. And there's something like the, the speed of the CNC. I don't know. I don't know if I know mm-hmm. how to work with that yet. Like I need that just processing time while I'm cutting to depth and using my yeah. travester and whatever else it is that I'm trying to actually create, you know. It's good that it's not just, it's not a photocopier, right? It's not, you know, like at work every day I can send a thing and by the time I walk over, it's out of the printer and you can go pick it up. At least it takes a little bit of time to finish. <laughs> yeah. So it's not, it's not as instant as other technologies of similar, you know, ilks, but you know, it, I could see that like, yeah, you still need your process to be your process. And yeah, but again, hopefully it yeah. can accessorize and, and, and fit in, in places that are beneficial. Oh, definitely. I think it will. Yeah. yeah that's exciting. Yeah. But, but of course you're, you are getting, you are getting some, you know, renowned woodworkers, studio, um, uh, furniture makers that are doing almost everything on CNC's now. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, in a few years ago, and I think uh, you've been there, Aspen, at Anderson Ranch, they had a whole little section in their uh, wood shop that had a CNC in there. And they had one guest uh, lecturer there, and he was doing nothing, but that thing was running, I swear, 24-7. He was making some piece of of furniture in there. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I think at Haystack, they've got a beautiful fab lab. That was mm. you know, part of the MIT initiative. They're like basically designed these little fab labs that are now popping up all over the world. So it's the mm-hmm. same in each one. The idea being you learn to run one and then you can travel anywhere and yeah. do the same work, which is pretty cool. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Is ours cool. is going to be smaller, but it'll still be more than I can handle. Well, sure. well, well, let's get into that. So um, so you're at Penland, but before we uh, start talking about that, tell us a little bit about your background, because um, uh, for those of y'all that, uh, that want to find a lot more about Aspen, go to Fine Woodworking, <laughs> and they did a little write-up on you called uh, Aspen Golan Building Without Boundaries, and it's great. And I don't think I've seen a picture of you when you're not actually sitting or standing on a piece of furniture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I don't that I don't think the picture in that is any exception. Am I right? You're 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 exactly you're right. To look at it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a tiny person, and I seem to like to crawl all over the stuff that I'm working on. <laughs> Pretty typical. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but tell us a little bit about your background, uh, the the, uh, the the nickel tour. So I. I know you started primarily as artistic type background, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've always loved making art, you know, Mm -hmm. as a little kid. Um, It took me quite a while, though, to, you know, sort of get into three-dimensional work. Um, I was mostly doing drawing and painting until I was in college. And then I was a Russian lit major, of all things. But, um, yeah, ended up um, wanting to take an art class because those were, you know, sort of my roots. And the Mm -hmm. only one that was open was this weird thing called art with a function. And it basically was like a sculptural furniture class. And we didn't really learn any, any technical skills. It was more, you know, just sort of gluing plywood together and carving it away. Um, but 
I loved working at that scale. You know, I loved making something that I could sit on when it was done, you know, (laughs) something (laughs) that had some justifiable existence after the fact, other than that I made it and I like it. You know, I was like, you know, if someone didn't like it, I'd be like, well, at least you can sit on it or you can read by it. (laughs) Right. um, Yeah. So I think that was my first real introduction to it. But um, I've been crafting for a long time and I sort of I ditched woodworking after that class for the most part for about eight years and was a high school teacher and Mm -hmm. I was really into weaving. Um, and I had this, I think I talk about this in the little fine woodworking write up, but I was really obsessive about learning everything from utter scratch, you know? So it was like, Oh, I want to learn how to weave. So the first thing I have to do is learn how to take care of a sheep. And then I have to learn how to shear it. And then I have to learn how to rove the wool, you know? And I, that's not, maybe normal, but that was, that's just how, I don't know. That's, that's how my learning process works. So, mm-hmm. um, when I decided I wanted to try out woodworking again, you bought a seed, you planted it. Yeah. <laughs> ah. I waited for the tree to, the tree grow. to grow. Yes. Uh-huh. Now I'm 130. <laughs> I mean, I basically did that. I went to North Bennett street school, which is yeah. about as you know, old school as you can possibly get. Um, and, you know, it was, it was a great experience because those guys, man, they did not care about my artsy side at all. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they could not have cared less. They just were like, can you cut a dovetail? Can you do a spring joint? I don't care. End of story. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was, um, it was a really great thing because it just, I chose it because it forced me to just hang out in my weaknesses for two years and... God, I mean, I couldn't be more grateful for having done it, but, um, man, I was so close to not, I interviewed and I checked it out and the admissions officer was 100% sure that I was ready to do it. And I just was like, you know, I kind of like my life and I like being a weird artsy person. I don't know if I need to make furniture. It seems, seems like a huge commitment. And he just kept hunting me down. And I finally just, I don't know, I caved. I think I, I had always been attracted to the just the challenge of it. It just seems from the outside, if you don't know how to build furniture, at least for me, it just seems so impossibly hard, just so impossibly challenging yeah. and intimidating. So yeah. So, and then you not, get in there and it's just a series of steps. But one yeah. of the, one of the things that, that I find amazing is just all the different styles that you've built in. I mean, mm. yeah. I mean, you've done traditional like 17th century looking pieces as well as modern uh, of course, uh, Windsors and settees and all kinds of things. And uh, what really strikes me about a number of your pieces is you do have a lot of artistic stuff that you've, you've done and using, you know, different materials and pictures and things with it. And that's what really captures you when you first look at a piece. But then you start looking at the actual joinery and the woodworking, and it is just impeccable. So. <laughs> Well, it is. I mean, just look a little closer, my friend. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, no, that's, uh, that's the style of, of mm-hmm. that institution, and that's why I was drawn to it. There's something mm-hmm. so, um, there's something so attractive about that kind of challenge to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, about that, and I guess you know, I don't, I don't know a ton about the North Bend Street School, um, but we've had a couple of guests that have, have gone there. It, but for, in your experience, I mean, or, so you were, you had an art background and you go there. Were, were you in comparison, not to compare, uh, like the greenest 
inexperienced in what was going on there student? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay, but but like you were still able to persevere, obviously, and and oh, you. Totally. Yeah, I mean that's awesome. Yeah, that's. I mean, honestly, that's one of I think one of one of its greatest qualities is that that school was was there for me when I literally my first day of school asked where the blade was in a hand plane because I just I couldn't see it and I didn't know what it was for I'd never seen one before and um you know the way that they responded to that question was as you know I mean as full of like respect and excitement and sincerity as their answers when I was you know asking about acanthus leaf carving and you know fine upholstery at the end of my Mm. time there you know, I mean, there's there's just such a such a respect for people at all levels. That is that is awesome. Oh, it's great. That yeah. Cool. So when you were there, were you at their old facilities or new facilities or both? Just the new one. Just I never the new actually one. Okay. see the old building. But yeah. Yeah. I the saw, new one. Yeah. I, I visited there once, and when I mean visited, I went to their uh their little gift store. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I didn't know at the time that they did jewelry making and yeah. my wife found some jewelry there that she really liked so it was a little bit more of an expensive visit than I uh, intended <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, a lot of crazy programs jewelry yeah. is tip of the iceberg yeah yeah exactly yeah. and and uh and, and my wife's a pianist and she was really uh, taken aback by their uh uh piano school i think they teach both yeah. uh, like tuning and actually manufacture yep. build one so yeah uh, that i did not know that's pretty mm-hmm. neat. yeah they were on the same floor as us we shared the third floor piano technology and fine furniture it was great yeah violin <laughs> making was always the one that i would visit when i just wanted to feel totally humbled you know i mean you think that you're precise in fine mm-hmm. furniture you're not you know just go mm-hmm. talk to a violin maker it's uh-huh. a whole nother world you know, I think they they um, honed their blades to thirty thousand. Ooh, just yeah. Perspective. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people that just like punishment. Those were those. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we used to say violin making was short for violently masochistic, but <laughs> <laughs> that's about it, though. That makes yep. sense. Oh man. Yeah, that is so. So yeah, so you went to uh, North Bennett Street, and and uh, so what'd you do after you left there? Um, well, right away I got. Um, well, when I was at North Bennett, I landed a really really fun commission um, in the summer between my two years um, for mm-hmm. a really incredible interior designer out of the UK called Beata Human, and um, she had me making this really gorgeous table with all these like beautiful reeds running down it and these hidden drawers for a um, lovely house on Nantucket. And so right when I was about to graduate, she called me up again and asked me to make this Windsor settee that, you know, seemed possible, but a real stretch for someone who'd only made a few (laughs) Windsor chairs. And um, luckily I was close with Pete Galbert. um, And so I called him up and asked him if he'd be willing to team up with me on it. And we had the time of our lives working on that thing. It was so, it was such a puzzle. It was so beautiful when it was finished. And I mean, just so like gratifying at every stage. And we had a blast just making fun of each other and making a mess and playing with all the broken parts. So that was the, that was the major project for that first month. I also did a residency 
at Monson, which is a new arts facility up in Maine, and then um, at Center for Furniture Craftsmanship, which has a fantastic mm -hmm. fellows program. I really recommend that place. Um, and that's when Penland offered me the job. So that kind of shifted my trajectory pretty dramatically at that moment. Yeah. yeah. Now, what exactly are you doing at Penland? Oh, I have the coolest job in the world, you guys. It's awesome. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's incredibly fun. So on paper, I maintain um, the wood shop. So um, I run this space. There's nine studios on campus, you know, everything from glass blowing to fine metals to iron to textiles. Um, man, we have paper. There's a paper making studio. I honestly didn't even know that was a thing until hmm. I got here. Um, so I'm the, I'm the wood shop person. And so, you know, I mean, it, I have really upped my game as far as maintaining machines, um, my literacy in, oh, like bearings and belts and lubrication. It's yeah, it's, I, it's what I breathe day in and day out. And so that has been really incredible. Cause I think, I think until you really learn how to maintain your own tools as a woodworker, you have a little bit of a cloud over your head, knowing that you know, your table saw could go out of square at any moment, or mm -hmm. you don't really know what that noise means. And unless you can maintain your tools, you know, you can't really get excellence out of your projects. So it's felt really good to focus right. on that for a little while. And then, I mean, off hours here are incredible in that all of those studios are open to me insofar as, you know, I can. Yeah, well, I was about to bring that up. Yeah, because yeah. Is, uh, from your artistic background is as many mediums as you work with, especially just within a furniture project. I can imagine you just having a run of the campus there. It's gotta be, uh, gotta be astounding. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. It was very, very enticing. And then honestly, even if you just stick in the wood shop, just last summer, the first, you know, summer that I was here, we had everything from, you know, power carving with chainsaws to concrete casting for furniture. Um, we had, hmm. Windsor chair making. I mean, there's just such an incredible range and there are these, you know, internationally known makers, just truly inspiring people coming in for these really intense short classes to just teach what they know best. And so, you know, as far as I'm interested in being involved in that, I'm right there. So concrete casting, I was all over it because I was oh, about that. Sounds like fun. Oh, yeah. And it's not the concrete you're thinking of. You know, it's this incredibly fine, you know, right. almost silky stuff that you can use to, you know, reproduce anything. It's really yeah. incredible. Uh, I assume you still have to, is it reinforced with uh, metal or like fiberglass or what? Tiny fibers. Tiny yeah. fibers, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And like even that, you know, it's, it's a very technical process. And so there were a lot of lectures in that class. You know, the first three hours of the day were just lectures about fibers and, um, mm -hmm you know, aggregate and all kinds of dorky things, but that's my jam. So I loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and y'all do have, yeah. Pinland does have, yeah. Just about every type of craft you can imagine. Uh, yeah. y'all offer some classes in it. So anyone that's interested in, uh, and, uh, in that, I'd, you know, check it out. Uh, it's, uh, pinland.org, uh, P N L A N D.org. And they have, uh, uh, nice, nice website there, and uh, you can register for classes right there. Yeah, and honestly, it looks intimidating, but my favorite thing to do at Penland is to take classes in things I am a total idiot at. Yeah. You know, 
Because nobody, you know, is going to, nobody who knows what they're doing, tech, you know, traditionally is going to stop and teach you from the beginning, you know, so that's why you yeah. come to a place like this. So the classes I've taken here in the past before I started working here were like glass enameling. I didn't know mm -hmm. anything about that. Um, I took a jewelry class where I did a lot of lost wax casting. Incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, and you can just walk in and be like, I don't even know where the door is, let alone what that saw is for, you know, and they just pick it up from there. So, oh, yeah. Wow. Really so yeah, are, you, are you getting students right out of high school or everywhere from there to retirees finding a new inspiration? Yep. Exactly that. Everybody. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. I was just looking at what y'all were offering in uh, your the iron classes, I guess. Mm -hmm. That's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, I have a big crush on that studio. I really want to be in there. <laughs> it's so beautiful. And it's everything is so mysterious to me. It's like one of the few mediums here that I just have never, never really tried. But uh -huh. it looks incredible. Yeah. 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 That, is, that is cool. That is, that is cool. Um, um, take it, take Take you back a little bit. So um, the uh, the sete that you built with uh, the, with Pete, yeah, I think I remember talking to you about that, or maybe it was Pete, or maybe both. But uh, one of the things uh, for for chair makers that I thought was interesting is occasionally you got to do uh, bending forms, and uh, you know, and especially that thing with the the big wide sweep it has. And it's yeah. my understanding y'all actually made the bending form on the wall. Yeah, that was. <laughs> That was actually, I'm very proud to say, one of my ideas. It was a cool <laughs> Pete was like, how are we going to build a form to like, well, so we bent it and we just mm -hmm. made that. I think we actually drilled pieces of wood onto one of his, you know, cheaper workbenches or possibly even onto the floor and did the bend there. The bigger issue was like how to hold it while it dried. Right. You know, and so we didn't want to use up all that shop space. And Pete was trying to, we we're like, oh man, do we have to go back to Lowe's and get more plywood in order to like really lock this thing down? And then I was like, why don't we just screw it to the wall, man? <laughs> <laughs> I guess plenty of wood there. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to it's out of the way. know what you're doing because you don't know that you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> and then it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. my favorite thing we did when we finally took it down, I have a video of this somewhere on my phone is Pete used that giant crest rail and one of our discarded spindles as a bow and arrow in the parking lot. It <laughs> 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 was awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but one of the things that you have upcoming that you're going to be doing is, is you're part of the, um, oh, uh, what is it? Workspace of our own or workshop yeah, of our own? It's yeah. a, called a workshop of our own. Workshop yeah. of our own. I should yeah. I should have looked at that, but <laughs> <laughs> a workshop of our own. I just know it is the W O O. Yeah, uh, I think mostly we just call it Woo. Yeah. 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 Woo. Woo. So yeah, yeah. So I know they've been around for for a while, but you you're helping them. I think you and a couple other folks. Yeah. Right, down there to help them with some stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it's a project I am really excited about, and honestly, it's it's probably um, been my it's been my number one project for the last couple of weeks. Um, that mm -hmm. and trying to get I have a clock that is not ticking anymore, so I had to take it to the clock dock. But other than that, it's been woo. Um, yeah, it's an incredible space um, started by a woman named Sarah Marriage. Um, she is a 
incredibly talented woodworker and furniture designer. You should definitely look up her work if you haven't seen it. Mm -hmm. Graduate of the Krenov School, I believe. Yep. Um, she makes yep. a lot of really gorgeous angular stuff, um, some pretty mind-boggling things. I think she was a math major at Princeton initially. So, yeah, she's got Oh, a, that makes sense, yeah. Unusual yeah, I followed her for mind. a while, yeah. Yeah, she's a, she's a really, really smart woman. And yeah, Wu has been a project that, you know, was interesting to me as a female woodworker. You know, there just mm -hmm. aren't a lot of us in the field. I'm used to being the only one in the room or one <laughs> of the only ones in the room. And mm -hmm. hearing about Sarah starting Wu was just, it was one of those things that just made me feel a little bit less lonely, you know, and a little bit less isolated. And I've been excited about it you know, in theory for a long time. And I finally got to go visit it this summer because I was picking up a, a piece of work to bring to Penland for their auction. And um, that was the halfway point between Boston and, and North Carolina. And I was just, I was struck by the incredible potential of their shop. It's enormous um, and it's gorgeous, but it is still very much in a state of setup, you know, and mm -hmm. I think you know, having been at a place like North Bennett um, and now being at Penland and being responsible for setting up the shop and keeping it nice and just knowing how important an organized space is for people who are new to the field, I just immediately was like, I just want to, I want to do anything I can to help make this, make this easier for Sarah, make this easier for the people who are here. And um, there's just, a, there was a lot of low hanging fruit, you know, there was mm -hmm. like, man, I could build toolboxes for these people. Like I could totally set up a sharpening station. Um, and I just really wanted to square up their saw. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I hatched the idea then that it would be really great to come and spend like a solid week just, just as a way to show Sarah and her community just how much that space meant to me when I was, you know, feeling like the only lady in the room. Mm -hmm. Um, and and yeah, I mean, I also think that there's certain work, it's kind of like a barn raising. There's certain work that just doesn't make sense to buy. There's certain work that makes more sense to do with friends and makes more sense to do in a community. And this felt like one of those things, like the amount of money it would cost to get three experienced woodworkers to come and just work for you for a solid week. It just yeah. felt unreasonable. Yeah. But mm -hmm. giving that time up is easy. And Sarah's mm -hmm. done so much by making that job, it was the least we could do. So yep, I'm just yep. glad she's trusting us to come in there and mess around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think y'all do a fantastic, fantastic job. And y'all had a little uh, benefit to help raise some money for supplies and stuff. And I think y'all yeah. maxed, uh, went over your, your goal within a couple of days, Yeah, which was we fantastic. Had, met it in 12 hours, which was Wow. Mm. Yeah. And now I think we're about 300% funded, which is incredible. But, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's like all of that money is just going to go directly into electrical work so that Sarah can hook up all of these incredible machines that have been donated. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's the use of a gorgeous joiner if you don't have an outlet to plug it into? You know, right. so I mean, sure. yeah, so she's got all this incredible stuff and people are happy to donate tools, but no one donates money for electrical work. So that's where the rest of the cash is going to go to, right. I believe. But we're going to post about it soon um, because people are still donating and I want them to know what they're donating to. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, if this, if this interests you, I know um, we've had, 
we've had a lot of uh, diverse woodworkers as guests on here. But okay. uh, yeah, please support them and go to a workshop of our own, alloneword.com, and uh, and donate or just go to uh, Aspen uh, Instagram, and I think you got a link on your profile. To oh it. yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, that's 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 a great place to go. So um, so one of the things I want to talk talk to you a little bit about is um, from your artistic background, getting into woodworking, how um, what kind of I know some of the things you've done before. You've done some of the glass enamel panels and, and things of that nature. But kind of walk me through your thought process when, when you're designing a piece or working on a piece and thinking about, OK, you know, what can I add here? things of that nature to bring in some of those more artistic elements. Cause I think that's one thing that really sets off your work from, from some of the others is just that artistic, uh, uh, element that you, you put in your piece. I uh, particularly like the little story about the, uh, the chair with the, uh, inlay. <laughs> <laughs> that was always yeah. like kind of a feature yeah. of my work at North Bennett was yeah. how do I, how do I get, how do I make this traditional work? you know, such that the institution will support what I'm doing. And then how do I also get to express myself a little bit? Um, Yeah. And I think that for me, when I'm looking at pieces, sometimes it's as simple as seeing a gorgeous traditional object and then seeing that there's a piece of it that's essentially a frame and then wanting to fill that in with something of my own. Right. And so, you know, for the barred cabinet um, with the glass panels, you know, I mean, those bars are, they're literally frames, you know, and it's the same thing. Mm. Um, with a clock door and then the same thing um, with that chair that I designed with that little um, face inlaid into it and honestly like the the theme that kind of developed after that face chair was this this relationship between furniture and the body and that Mm. you know a chair is basically like a glove for your entire body and it it you can almost like you can imagine the human form just by looking at a chair and So I started thinking about the chair, you know, as a human body. So a chair back, chair arms, and then why not like a chair face that essentially transforms that chair back into an actual back and those arms into actual arms. And then the same thing with the clock, you know, it's like you've got a clock face. And so um, if you look at the enameled clock that I made, the enameled Mm -hmm. panel, like it extends that clock face into a little human form, which then sort of implies a human form to the rest of the piece. It's sort of blurring the line between like figure sculpture and furniture. Mm-hmm. I find that a really, it's a really fun line to walk. Yeah. And it's, it's just so cool looking. I mean, it's just, oh. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean I, is, it's gotta be cool looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, because you look at this traditional uh, um, piece, you know, that, like you said, that clock's a great example. And uh, then you have that enameled panel in there and it just works. It just all works together. And uh, I mean, it's it's just great. It's fantastic. So more you deserve all the accolades you get and probably deserve a lot more. So. <laughs> I think also once you spend enough time, you know how much time you spend yeah. with a piece of furniture by the time you're finished constructing mm. it. Oh my God, it's like a family member by the time you're yes. done. Yeah, and so I don't know. I think that like I always try to have my my image interventions be very closely tied to the form of the piece. So I mm. want them to blend while also sort of popping out. 
Yeah. I'm glad that you see it that way because that really is what I was going for. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's 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 fabulous work. Um, so are you doing a lot of um, commission work currently? Yeah, I actually have a number of pieces that are mm-hmm. in the in the pipeline that are currently being held up by um, the pieces that I have right now are being shipped off to shows. And so I'm building crates and things like that. And then um, this Woo project. But after that, um, I have a number of people who are interested, this is very lucky, who are interested in exactly what it is that I want to make, which is enameled mirrors. And so using that that enameling that I've done mm-hmm. mixed with traditional mirror forms. Um, and then I've learned how to mix my own mirror compound and then spray it on. So I can oh. enamel glass, yeah, and then mirrorize the back of it, thereby hmm. making this sort of trapped image, like inside a functional mirror. So, oh, that's that's wow. pretty cool. I've tricked some people into pre-ordering those, so <laughs> I get to make those now, which I'm really excited about. Um, oh, yeah. I'm I'm definitely gonna have to check that out. That's... I'm well, we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, that's that's definitely something uh, uh something that uh, my wife would love. She for some reason she has this thing about mirrors, and uh, we got a couple of the uh, Venetian glass mirrors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and uh, I think we have one, and my mom has one, and uh, but uh, there, there's a place actually in Galveston that. Uh, um, had some antiques that, that we bought golly it's got to be four or five maybe longer than that years ago but uh then but she's always loved that so i'd be really interested to see what you come up with it's fantastic yeah, it, it's very cool to be able to have that much control over the mirrored <laughs> surface because you can mm-hmm. tint it you can create strange textures um and honestly it's just a good use of my time here at penland because i have access to these glass kilns that I wouldn't otherwise have. You know, mm-hmm. I personally own one of those, and they're tough to find. Um, yeah. And the other thing, I don't know if you've ever played around with this, but um, I mentioned Lost Wax Casting earlier. Mm-hmm. And you can super cheap online go buy blue, green, or red carving wax, and you can carve them with, you know, just cheap dental tools. Right. Um, you Or, you know, you can also buy really nice carving wax carving tools, which are great. And then there are places that you can, you know, send those in and you can get them cast in virtually any metal that you want. Um, at Penland, I, I can do it myself, which is even more fun. Um, but there's very little, you know, deformity or shrinkage that happens. And so you can make your own hardware. You can make, like, I mean, anything that you can carve out of wax, you can then have in silver or brass Mm -hmm. it is just like totally thrilling to me that you can do that so i have all these chunks of wax that i'm carving at trying to come up with interesting forms no i haven't done anything like that i've yeah i've I've seen people do it but i've never done it and maybe that's something i should give it a shot to you should try it it's i mean it's like 15 i could do a reamer can i do a reamer you totally can (laughs) yes you can (laughs) you actually could yeah (laughs) six degrees could you make could could you make it so that whatever was for, like, is it the word forged when you're using a lost wax casting, a cast? It's could cast. you cast it in a material that could withstand reaming? Is you a question. Yeah. 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 Or at least make it so that you could like tap and insert a blade to do the reaming for you Absolutely. in the body, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm that's one of the right options now, but... I'm playing with with uh, yeah. with another buddy of mine is is figuring out how to yeah do something with replaceable blades or something. But yeah, yeah. we'll see. 
That would be great. That's one mm. thing we're seeing in a reamer. No, yeah. that's that's super cool that you're 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 getting into stuff like that. And um and I've seen the wax casting, but mm-hmm. um mirror making, like that just I don't know why, <laughs> but that that seems like a a it's not a secret. It's just a thing like yeah. there are mirrors, but I've never ever thought about producing mirror. Oh my god, I shrieked when I made the first one successfully. Yeah, you're it, like, oh my god, that works. Like, oh right? my god, I felt like a witch. It was so incredible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I know, I know, it's a reflective surface on the back of glass. I mean, I, I get it, but right. wow, that I is mean, so cool. And then there's also like there's ways of removing mirror after the fact, so what? you can then draw into the mirror either <sighs> with mirror. Oh removal. yeah, yeah. yeah, I've seen In somebody the- do that, but I cannot place it but yeah okay. i know what you're talking about yeah you scratching the back of it and then mirror over that and then rinse it and anything that was touching the sharpie will just disappear i mean uh, it is like it yeah. is so incredibly cool now and so the, the the formula that you found that you could spray was it like your own discovery or was it no. something you okay okay no. okay okay then I'm not that much of a witch. I wish. I was gonna say like that was, was the quest, question the witchcraft because yeah. damn. <laughs> God, I wish I could say so. No, the the glass enameling is really the only thing that I puzzled with and puzzled with until I was able to get the effect that I wanted, and I can sort of I can claim at least some sort of you know originality in that you know material. Mm. But with the with this with the glass with the mirroring it's honestly it's not even as hard as it sounds it's almost to real glass artists they kind of see it as like a party trick <laughs> so you can do it um you have to agitate the or, um, the material and so a lot of people do it on the inside of a three-dimensional form so they'll blow glass and then they'll pour the compound into it and then shake it and it becomes a mirror as they're shaking it and it's oh just like beyond wow. watch yeah i'm doing wow. a demo on it Asheville in a week and a half or so so I'll get to do it myself I feel black like a, magic. I know black magic that's awesome I've always wanted to be a witch so now I get to do it <laughs> <laughs> that's cool I mean it's it's like it's alchemy in, in a way but I mean like yeah like it's just one of those that, yeah no yeah. I don't <laughs> yeah. I just I'm 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 baffled by that that concept and I don't know why because it seems like it's it seems as simple as paint but no it I mean it's it is, but it isn't. Yeah, it's like paint, but with timing. Time is very important. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, the sensitizer can only be on there for so long, and it needs to be distributed very evenly, or else you get sort of an uncool handmade mm-hmm. mirror effect. <laughs> you don't you don't want it to be too aggressively handmade in its in its look. And, there, uh, yeah. and what's the the environment? I assume you got to be in a fairly clean clean area to do this. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's a pretty wet process. There's a lot mm-hmm. of cleaning involved. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, there's also ways of very intentionally um, integrating, like, found materials that um, get you some pretty nice antiquing effects. Hmm. So once you learn how to control that stuff, too, it's great. Yeah. Well, Scott, is, that, is that an age-old, like, like, Victorian on into this? Like, there's always been some artist doing mirror techniques yeah. You know, okay. It's wow. a process. I mean, that's that's sort of. I mean, to go back to the beginning of our conversation, I think this is where my interest in learning things from scratch comes from. It's like if you understand how something is done, you know, deeply, then you're able to manipulate it more. Mm-hmm. 
right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's jazz, right? Jazz is learning yeah. all the rules and then learning how to break them. Yes. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, get, I get it. Yeah. yeah. That's why I yeah. wanted to go to North Bennett, why I want to, you know, learn how to shear a sheep. Yeah. It's just to have <laughs> as much control as possible. God, that makes me sound crazy. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right until you say it out loud, it seems okay. And then you go, yeah. oh, wait, what? So <laughs> chill and whimsical. And then it's like, no, it's all about control. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I tell you, if you weren't busy enough, now you're actually getting into doing some teaching. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. so, so, so what do you got upcoming? Uh, more than I should have bitten off, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, let's see. Well, I demoing a lot so and mm-hmm. that's been really fun because I just it's a much more fluid it takes a little bit less planning um, a little more accessible so you can mm-hmm. just roll up to a place and really show people um, what you're working on in a much I don't know much more organic kind of way but um, I'm going to be teaching at Woo when I'm there and that's just going to be I offered to teach anything that was going to be helpful to their volunteer base so the idea was just like build up the people who actually live there to be able to do all of this stuff on their mm-hmm. own. Um, so that'll be really fun. And then after that, I guess the next gig is at Lee Nielsen. Um, I'm going to be teaching a cabrio leg class. Um, and all these, and then at Penland, um, I'll be doing um, a class with my friend Julian Watts, who's a really weird spoon carver. I recommend looking up his oh, stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, about That's a nice way some... to describe someone. Yeah. He's a really weird spoon carver. Got it. I, yeah, they, spoon carving. You should see his spoons. They're really weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're so awesome. cool. Yeah. They're so cool. Yeah. He and I actually met at Anderson Ranch and now we're teaching at Penland together and it's kind of a total dream come true. Um, and then at the um, Austin School of Furniture and Design mm. a little bit later in the year. That'll be great. Um, well, what are yeah. you doing there? Well, we're still in talks, but it looks like it's going to be um, a carving class followed by um, a probably Windsor Technology chair class, but a chair of my own design. So I have to design that chair. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. I may may have to I may have to edit this part out because I definitely need to wait till that gets posted and probably sign up for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of Kyle, yeah, Kyle's yeah. a drive away from that opportunity. So yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Well, I mean, the fun thing about all these teaching gigs, honestly, is that I don't know if you can tell, but they're they have nothing in common with one another. Mirroring <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to cabrio leg to trippy spoons to carving yeah, yeah. to designing a chair, and it's just honestly the the teaching. I haven't sought any of it out. Um, people have been coming to me, which has been really exciting and awesome. But um, no one said like, hey, Aspen, will you teach intro to dovetails? Which I kind of wish that they would because it would be a lot less stressful. But I mean, it's also exciting to just yeah, get yeah. to make up a class. And so I've, I've been choosing things that I feel like are going to be really good for people and also are going to, I don't know, sort of they're in line with the things that I'm really excited about right now in my own practice. So it's the the teaching is going to motivate me to I don't know design a chair that people can build. <laughs> cool. Yeah. yeah. So that, that'll be great. That, that seems daunting to this guy, but uh, go for it. No, I'm terrified. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> but you know, right after great fear comes usually a sort yeah. of cool thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
that school seems really incredible though. I'm really, I'm impressed with it. They're very, oh, yeah. and they've got some really wonderful classes going and some great teachers. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Austin Waldo uh, runs a place. He's been on the, on the podcast a couple of times and mm-hmm. we help promote the Texas woodworking festival, which is, which he uh, organizes. So um, yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. It's uh, and uh, super nice people too. Um, yeah. Great school to support. And uh, I mean, you know, it's it's fabulous having a school like that here in Texas because, you know, there's just not much around here. Um, there's maybe one other school I can think of, and I'm not sure if they're still up and operating anymore. Um, so they, they're really doing a fantastic job. And uh, and Austin comes from a great background to, you know, make sure he's creating something that's uh, going to be here for a long time and sustainable. So, yeah, yeah. So it's fantastic. Really exciting and impressive place. Yes. Well, anything else that uh, you wanna you wanna uh, promote? Oof. I don't know. I feel like we've been promoting. (laughs) (laughs) That's why we're here. Find out a little bit more about Aspen and what you're up to. So, I mean, uh, you're 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 like the Renaissance woman of uh, the craft right now. Oh. Oh shit. Um, <laughs> there's one other thing that I was kind of that I've been working on that I just kind of finished up that I'm excited about. Um, so Penland has a it has a beautiful gallery and it has um, you know themed shows, multiple mm-hmm. ones every year, and they're having a tool show this year. So all handmade tools, and um, God, there's some really incredible black. You know, you mentioned the Iron Studio blacksmiths mm-hmm. and yeah. um, all kinds of metal workers and. They asked me to make a little suite of tools. And so they're not, you know, your typical, when, when I heard tool, I got all excited and I was like, oh, I'm going to make some real tools. And they're like, we want some cutting boards and spoons. And I was like, damn it. Oh, those no. are projects. Those aren't tools. I was like, tools. you know what? No, this is a call to action. I'm going to try to come up with, I'd never made matching things before and tried to come up with, you know, sort of like a cool visual theme that would play throughout multiple objects. And so I just finished a suite of these really, I think, I think really cool boards and spoons and brushes. And they all sort of like camouflage into each other when they're laid on top of each other. They have these um, very light maple with stripes of dark wood running through them mm-hmm. in these grid right. patterns. Okay. And I'm super psyched on them, but I'll, I'll, I'll post something about it soon. Oh, I cool. Oh, very it cool. The show goes live, but it's been yeah. really fun, you know, and I think just a really good reminder that nothing is boring unless you're boring about it. So <laughs> it's, it was really cool. And it ended up being like a pretty intense technical challenge the way that I decided to do it. So, Oh, yeah. that's, that's wonderful. So, so I, I take it, uh, the show that these are articles are going to be there for sale too. Yep. That's yep. part of the thing is this idea, you know, that, mm-hmm. Beautiful everyday items can and should be handmade. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, with that, let's uh, move on to our fortnightly beer choices. So I'll, I'll start out. I'm uh, I'm uh, drinking the Blue Bridge Hoppy Amber from uh, Galveston Island Brewery, and uh, it's a local brewery, as you can imagine, on the island, <laughs> and uh, it's a fantastic little beer. Um, Mm, 
you know, I would say, you know, it's a great ale um, and uh, does have a little hoppy citrus uh, flavor to it. So highly recommend it if you can get it in your area, which you probably can unless you live near me. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Can't say I saw that when I was in your area. So, nope, not around me. No, you you had uh, the tiki weed, I believe. Which oh, I, there you go. Did I have that? Was that the Galveston? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was uh, that was, that was good. But yep. it was it was January in in the Galveston area, so the, you know whatever, 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 whatever. So yeah, that 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 goes well with mine. So I I um I, I think I've I've had this before on the show, but I I pulled up Dogfish's Worldwide Stout. I've got it aging in my basement, so I chilled a bottle for tonight. Um, in in these cold you know nor. Uh, I guess we're in the Midwest. I call it the Northeast. It's it's weird, you know. It's, mm-hmm. Ohio, it's Ohio after all, in the grand scheme of things. And uh, it's snowing and it's cold outside, so a nice warm stout that's got a ton of flavor notes, ton of dark fruits. It's good for you. So the worldwide stout by Dogfish Head. Go find yourself some. I bet you can find that. They, yes, they, you can find that. There you go. Yes. Man, you guys are beer nerds. I love yeah, it. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but anything's acceptable in our fortnightly beer choices. Mm-hmm. Oh really? Well, normally I'm a um, Miller High Life out of a glass bottle kind of person. But... Oh, oh, hold on. Hey, this, this is the sound of the Miller Lite <laughs> bottle that I had before that. So don't you worry. <laughs> it's so good. It's like a. It's just like fizzy water. It's amazing. It is. Um, <laughs> But I yep. did recently, I in honor of this podcast and my attempt to get nerdy with beer, I was so I was in Durham, um, North Carolina for this shop bot training, and mm-hmm. I had some really amazing local beer there. There's this um there's a couple really great breweries. Um one's called Pony Saurus, which is also has an incredible little <laughs> logo of like a half pony, half dinosaur. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, and they've got some really like complicated and strange brews. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan, but the one that I really love is Steel String Brewery, and they they also do these really incredible um, like wild walks where they'll walk and find like ingredients for beer. I guess this is just like totally playing into my witchy thing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> and then they do these like brew classes and teach people how to make their own. But um, I had their um, Lager Dad Fuel, which was yeah. probably <laughs> one of the best best beers I've had this year. So I recommend. Wow. Yeah. What cool. was this? I mean, it was a lager style, just, just general lager, or uh... yeah. I mean, it's very malty, um, and it's also you know malty, hoppy. I think they described it as um, for anyone who just needs a break from all the rigmarole and tomfoolery out there. <laughs> all right. Hey. I mean, it's I think because it's a, the dad, the dad fuel. But again, sure. like don't you know don't don't you know ask too many questions of the person who enjoys their Miller High Life in a glass bottle. No, I hear you. <laughs> hey, are the only uh, beer maker uh, brave enough to put their beer in a clear glass bottle? <laughs> <laughs> too, too true. Too true. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so um, well, well, that's that's fantastic. So maybe you can bring that to Penland. They need to start, uh, you know, brewery, uh, brew classes. Oh, oh, God, those would sell out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Our they local, our local, there's a a how did it go? It was Lords. 
it was a college. It turned university. They got housing. They pulled in sport programs. And then they announced a spirits degree. Oh like legitimately. God. Wow. And I'll say this with all due respect, but these hipsters <laughs> that are entering college now can can get a degree in. I mean, it, it's a brewery degree. I mean, it's learning how to make and craft spirits and brews and 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 it's a it's an amazing thing i'm sure there's there's a draw for it if it's happening near me there definitely is because i'm not nearly the hotbed of 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 that action mm. Mm. <laughs> very cool okay yes well if aspen gets into that she'll have to you know start growing her own hops and then yeah yeah there, there you go i'm on it you guys I'm on <laughs> do it <laughs> do it <laughs> Well, so Aspen, um, so where can folks find you on the interwebs? Um, well, I'm on Instagram, and that's definitely the thing that I, you know, update mm-hmm. the most. It's the easiest way to get in touch with me, too. And I've got the most boring handle out there. It's just Aspen underscore Golan. But I've also got a website if you want to go old school and just be able to mm-hmm. click through and, and see all the finished products. I really like Instagram, though, because I like being able to share process pictures and you know, it. I think it fleshes out the story of the pieces a little bit more. But yeah, site and IG. Fantastic. Yes. And uh, that's great that you were able to snag your name for your site, too. Heck yeah. <laughs> it's about and, the weirdest and, name out there. Yeah. And really IG. I mean, that's not bad. Yeah. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of other Aspens out there. No, you, you are. You have a very cool. Did you get help growing up with that name? <laughs> no offense. You know, People were very cool about it. <laughs> okay, good. That's good. Good, good. That's but good. I have recently found out that it is now a very common name for little boys. So I'm worried that by the time I'm in my 80s, I'll be like uh, the equivalent of like Zach or something. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I grew up as Sean spelled the Irish way and I'm Polish. So that makes zero sense. But yeah. uh, that was like, oh, you know, that could be a girl's name. I'm like yeah. great, great. Yeah. And then when my Nothing oldest, wrong with that, man. yeah, in in 2005 when my oldest son was born, uh, we named him Liam. And like, oh, Liam. And there's and like within two years there was some action figure that came out with the name Liam. And and now it's like one of the top 20 names of kids in the last decade or so. So it's like yeah. super. He's just gonna be in the mix. Who knows? Well, we all got our little name stories. Yeah, because I grew up with Kyle when there was no Kyles, no, yeah. nobody was named Kyle. And then when I was in my twenties, um, I remember it distinctly is I was in a shopping mall and someone yells Kyle and I immediately turn around because who, el- who else are they talking to, but me. And, uh, they're talking to their, to their little three-year-old that's running around. <laughs> 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 yep. Your identity is lost. Yes. I said, I, I yes. lived in my company as for 13 years, I was the only Sean in the entire company wow. until wow. we, until we hired a 23 year old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you punk, you punk. I'm, I'm the OG, damn it. Like, That's right. <laughs> well, the way I look at it is people, you know, they hear my name. They think I'm younger than I actually am. So there you go. Yeah. I mean, Kyle's, Kyle's not Bob and it's not Pat and, you know, it's, yeah. it's not quite as, as common. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it got real popular there in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I know a few. It is a, it's a very cool guy 90s name. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, um, Sean, where can folks find you? I. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> So uh, on on Instagram I'm Sean W78. Same on Twitter. Uh, I'm my my whole name on Facebook. I've been getting requests everywhere. So thank you all for those people that want to find me. And uh, yeah, how about you, Kyle? Well, you can always find me on Instagram at Barton.Kyle, and uh, Instagram is the only social media platform that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we'll see if Diami edits that one out. <laughs> you know he beeps those occasionally, don't you? No, really? Yes, yes. Oh, boy. Yes, yes. That so guy. anyway, but with that, that just wraps it up for this show. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on iTunes or Google Play Music or just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. Then you'll never miss any of our exciting episodes. And while you're there, please leave us a review. Thanks for listening to us here on the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast. If you like the show, be sure to visit us at modernwoodworkersassociation.com. You can follow us on Twitter at MWA underscore national or on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you like us, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, The best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way. So uh, with that, go out, be artsy. Teach at school, uh, inspire newcomers, and uh, yeah, just be great. Oh, thanks so much for having me, you guys. It was great. <laughs> <laughs>